0: Good afternoon, or is it good night? Either or, it's right because you're in the place to be. The Mightier 1090 ESPN. I'm John Browner, as always, joined by the one and only Jason Lawhead, aka Interior Designing Legend. Mm-hmm. Look at if this. It is. Changes. If mm-hmm. you're joining us on the YouTube, if you're listening on the Mightier 1090 ESPN, or via podcast, head over to the YouTube show and you can check out the. Pretty interesting picture that we're obviously going to get into that Jason has on on, on the show today that will be there permanently, so that's bomb. Uh, As always, you guys could join us right here on the radio or via podcast. All you got to do is head over to the iTunes podcast store or over to YouTube at Captain and Crew. We're part of the Great Friends Podcast Network. I'm John Browner, and this is, again, as I said, legendary comedian, world traveler, And interior designer, Jason Lawhead. Yeah. What's up, Jason? What up? Yeah, you see I'm doing a little something with the digs. You know, I've
1: been trying to, you know, over time, trying to get the best little home studio set up. And I always had the TV monitor back here that was kind of draped with a nice um kind of black blanket to, to, so it wouldn't reflect off of the lenses and all that stuff. But that darkened the room. And um the jersey, my my mother-in-law or my, my father-in-law. Rest his soul. Um, a, a standout high school player in sh- the Chicago area. That's his. Uh, in honor of him, that's his jersey, and it always was hanging here, but it was deflecting some light, and then I was getting black, so it was always a dark background. So I've gotten brighter and whiter. N- no offense, <laughs> but brighter and whiter, uh-huh. and the studio is more luminous now, and the light is kind of catching uh, a lot more better stuff. There's a little glare on the on the frame uh, picture, but um, one of my favorite pictures. I've ever had of my my dad it's it usually was hanging down in our hallway going upstairs but i thought with the reconstruction this would be a great time to bring him uh closer to the show as well so i've got her dad represented i got my dad represented and he's sitting there with par- perhaps the greatest coach in sports history john wooden that's back in lorraine ohio in 1976 at a hall of fame uh first year wooden had retired he had come back Uh, to speak at a huge uh, local sports hall of fame my dad's team his 76 team was being honored that year um, for what they did on the court and that's them meeting and john wooden autographing his book they call me coach to my dad that's a pretty awesome picture so
0: that is awesome yeah last night wasn't awesome for many reasons we're gonna break down everything that you guys saw last night because as you know by the way i wrote the slogan down because i wanted to get it correct because it came off yesterday so naturally so nice. that I, it, it, I had to write it down to make sure I said it smoothly as I'm going to be saying this now until it prints into my brain. You know the news. Now let's have fun with the facts. That's what this show's about. Browner in had three three times a week, Monday through Wednesday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, 6 to 7 p.m. We have mostly fun on this show. Last night was not a fun watch. Last night, we're going to cover it. We're going to talk about the Chargers firings. We're going to talk about LeBron joining Kareem at the 38,000-point club. And Steve Kerr said something today about Steph Curry that has people really upset. But is he wrong? We'll, 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 we'll tackle that toward more toward the end. But last night's game between – I mean, a playoff game, if you want to call that, between Dallas and Tampa Bay, that is one of my favorite sayings, fool's goals. I love the term fool's gold. There's some things that some sayings I hear, and I'm like, I'm using that. Well, I'm stealing that. (laughs) Fool's gold is my favorite term. Last night was the perfect example of fool's gold all around. If you are a fan of the Dallas Cowboys, that game, and we'll get into Tom Brady in a second. We're going to tackle the Cowboys first. That game is what fool, that is the definition of fool's gold. If you are a Cowboys fan and you think you guys are now about to route to the Super Bowl, I got some really bad news for you. Last night was not a playoff team. Mm -mm. That wasn't a playoff game Mm -mm. because the Bucs are bad. And the Bucs have been bad for a very long time. What you saw last night was a product of a, if not the worst division in football, one of the worst divisions in football producing a champion because that's the way the NFL is set up. That game was a mismatch from the beginning. I don't know if you're Cowboys fans by seeing that you are now putting on blinders and thinking that this is the year because two weeks ago you got drummed by the Reds, by the commanders, and everybody was ready to throw everybody off the ship. Jason, when you saw last night's game, what did you take away from it from a Cowboy perspective? At the end of the day. Well,
1: like you said, and we talked about it a little bit before we went on the air. That's not a playoff team at all. And I thought just with Tom Brady and some intangibles and the fact that they've been over there before, you know, this kind of, this is kind of really speaks loudly. Last week, Brian Dayball said playoff experience is overrated. And this is kind of one of those scenarios where, uh, you know, you take into consideration that, yeah, it was a bumpy road all year, but they still have Tom Brady. Um, they still have a couple of weapons. Obviously, Evans. Obviously, Godwin. He's he's been successful with those guys. Fournette was back on the field. Um, they've gotten some some good carries from a White in the past. So you think, okay, and Dallas being Dallas, and but it was evident that this is a bad football team that was so fortunate to just be in a historically bad division overall, just a historically bad division overall. And I I would not take comfort if I'm the Cowboys in this game. I would say, guys, I would liken this to a bye week and say, you know, we haven't played a football game yet since we won our last one in the regular season. Do, don't take anything into this. Um, the nice thing is, is that the best thing for the Cowboys is, it may have given Zach Dax some confidence, but it, I think there it's going to be a false sense of security in that sense because they're going from the softest playoff team that you'll ever see in these playoffs to the most physically dominant playoff team that you're going to see in these playoffs. No matter who wins it or who doesn't, San Francisco Mm -hmm. is the most physically dominant team at both ends of the ball. Not not so much you got to deal with uh, their defense, which Tampa Bay. I mean, after Brady threw that interception, they folded up. That that defense said that defense said this thing's over because you know it was. He went down and he went down. They had, you know, three or four plays of 10 yards or more. They were mounting a good drive and the defense played. The defense Mm -hmm. had two, three and outs in the first two possessions. There was four punts in five minutes. Um, Then Dak took them down. They scored, but it was, it was still a one point game. Then Brady, it it was a one point game with a missed extra point. And then Brady takes him down. The offense looks pretty effective. They're actually running the ball decently and uh, they throw the interception, and it was almost like the the, the defense went, well, if you're going to do that, if you guys can't do that, this thing's over, and they were kind of right, and they stopped tackling. So I'll tell you what, not you got to deal with that San Francisco defense, but look at their offense as well. So you're not going to go up against this just beleaguered type of an offense either. I mean, San Francisco has a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end that all three – Lead their categories in yards after the catch: McCaffrey, Kittle, and Samuel. I mean, Kittle gets more yards after the catch this year than Kelsey. So there's all kinds of problems that um, Dallas is going to face in this game going there. Uh, best Best case scenario for Dallas is, is that it gave Dak some confidence and maybe McCarthy a little bit of uh, confidence to feel like you know we have a we have a type of, but boy. It's not a good gauge, and that was just bad, bad football. That was a bet. That was like watching. That was like watching a, a middle of the season regular season game against a team that's at the top of the mm-hmm. division
0: against a team that's in last place in another division. I mean, that's what it looked. Like. I felt, I feel like the the, the Cowboys. This is how I come to define the Cowboys. This current Cowboy team, they're like a politician. <laughs> They'll lie to you. Right in your face. <laughs> right, right, right in your face. And then once they've done it, they'll go out and they'll give you a game like that. And it'll make you believe. They'll, yeah. Th- that that game is the campaign promise. That game right there. We can that's do it. We can put it together. Funny. We'll show you everything. That game is the campaign promise. We're going to build a wall. Okay? You name it. That's the campaign promise. Next week's going to be them actually in office. Getting drummed out. Doing nothing. Because that's what they do. That's what they do. The Dallas Cowboys have been a mirage since uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson. They've been a mirage. They've been something that you think you see, but it's not really there. That's who they are. Last night, that's what you think they are. They can't repeat that performance. Because you know who went into Jerry's house last year and just Mm -hmm. beat the stones off them? Yeah, San Francisco 49ers. Now, they were talking about firing Mike McCarthy after that game. They were talking about Zeke's washed up after that game. They were talking about uh, 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 Dak, yep. Dak can't get the job done. You know what's going to happen after <laughs> when they go to San Francisco against a better version of that same team? They're going to get crushed. They're going to get crushed. And well, then you're going to be right back at square one. So I that's that is the definition of fool's gold that's the politician's promise that's who the cowboys are
1: yeah and you, you know they're just you, you, it, like you said like schultz Gallup. these guys aren't going to get open like they were open yesterday no, zach prescott's no. not going to have that kind of time he's got a good offense line sure but he's not going to have that kind of time he's not going to just be like unsackable in a game um you know i mean it's so uh, for Dallas, you know, the best thing that they the best thing that they could uh, be saying and 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 doing is this attitude saying like, you know, um, that was just a football game. Uh, the real real playoff starts <laughs> Saturday or Sunday where they had s- s- Sunday mm-hmm. in uh, San Francisco. And, you know, they've got. You know, and and I'm not a cowboy fan. I've I've always never been, but you know, they got kind of screwed in the in the deal with you know 48 plus hours that San Francisco has to rest. I'm not. I'm just saying the NFL can't. You got to at least play San Francisco. San Francisco needs to be playing on a Sunday night. I know that there's a reseeding, so you weren't sure could have. You know, uh, it was supposed to be the Vikings if the seeds were win at home what they're supposed to. The Vikings were supposed to be going to San Francisco, and then the Giants blew that up. But that's the so only this credit. this is what
0: I will give. say. This is this is what I will say about people who are up in arms about the Cowboys. The 49ers getting two extra days of prep for this game. That's the pain of being a Dallas Cowboy. Because mm-hmm. Jerry Jones won't show Monday night. Jerry Jones wants yep. his brand in a standalone game at a marquee moment. That's what you get when Jerry Jones is your owner. That's what you get when you're the Dallas Cowboys. So I don't want to hear it. Yeah. If they'd have put you on Saturday at ten o'clock, you'd have been pissed. No so doubt. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. That's Preach, that, brother. That, Absolutely. That's, that's, that's a great point. <laughs> that's that's what you get, man. That's what Jerry gets you. And I don't have a problem with it. Put him at the Marquis position. If you if if Jerry Jones shadow runs the NFL and he wants his team playing at that position and they got it. I don't want to hear that same team because I haven't heard Jerry Jones complain about this, but I don't want to hear the players or the coaches go, well, now we have less time to prepare. Nah, man. No, you got that spot because of who you are. Not because of what you're done. because of who you are. So, a, eat it. so eat it. It's a great point. eat it.
1: That's a great point. And the minute you were matched up against Tom Brady, that, that was a no-brainer you were getting that spot was, because of all
0: that weight. No doubt. Correct. And by the way, the NFL, that was the right game to put there. Tom Brady apparent last game, and, and it's the Dallas Cowboys. So I don't, I don't have a problem with it. What I do have a problem with, and I'm a, I'm a massive Tom Brady detractor. I, I loved what I saw last night from Tom Brady. I loved it. Bad passes, looking like he'd never played football before, just throwing the ball in the end zone like he's afraid to get tackled. I love the demise of Tom Brady. But I got to tell you, I'm not fooled by what I saw last night. That's another layer of fool's goal. Tom Brady's not that bad. And Tom Brady's going to play next year. He's definitely going to be better than what you saw last night. That team's been hurt. That team's been banged up. You got a center coming back who hadn't played all year because he shredded his knee. You just said the timing was off all over the place. He was throwing dirt balls left and right. Guys were dropping balls. So I for me, for me, and I know there are a lot of people like me in a Tom Brady We Wish You'd Go Away club. We ain't going to get our wish at not next year. I don't think so, because he still looks like he can throw the ball. But the problem with Tom Brady, and we could talk about where he goes next, Tom Brady needs everything to be perfect for him to be successful. And I don't blame him because he's 40 damn six years old. Okay? This isn't some 26-year-old quarterback who can find his way. He's 46, man. He's 46. Yeah, he he will be by game
1: one of next year. Yes, he'll be
0: 46. Right. Yeah. Everything needs to be perfect for him. And if you're asking yourself, where does that landing spot work? If I'm a bunch of teams and I saw that on television last night, and that's going to be a year older by come playoff time, I don't want that. I'm taking my shot with one of these guys in the draft. I'll take my shot with Jimmy Garoppolo. I'll take my shot with uh, trading for Aaron Rodgers. I don't want that. I don't want that what I saw last night. And if I get a couple guys injured, am I going to get that from him once I bring him to my team? I I mean, Jason, tell me what you thought of Tom Brady last night. I thought he he looked the worst I've ever seen him
1: look. And I know you can make excuses about the center. You can make excuses about a Fournette never was 100% and wasn't going into this game and the wide receivers. And I think that, you know, I I really think deep down, I think the only way Brady comes back is if he can convince Gronk to come somewhere with him. Because I really think – the 40 plus year old Brady, when you break it down, he really, the, Gronk is that thing that he needs. He needs Gronk. The, the chemistry, the communication, all of the things, whenever they're up against their back. Like if there was a Gronk in there last night, playing, you know, continuing to play they would have had different ability would they want to game would they would won the game probably not but they wouldn't have gotten raced out of the building like that they yeah. probably would have had ability to adjust and it at least compete till the final buzzer and could they have won that game i think they could have because i think in the past he's proved um even with some injuries even with some some guys you know not 100% or or or, or doing their you know share at their other position Gronk was always the guy so I really don't know because last night was, I think, in in a handful plus games. I know he put up ridiculous numbers, but when you throw the ball 66 times in games, you're going to get yardages. You're eventually going to get a touchdown here or two. Um, And so I don't know because, man, if, like you said, if I'm looking at it from a GM or anything else aspect, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. There's some, you know, a couple of desperate, you know, Vegas is, is – Why would San Francisco, why would they want all that? Why would they want, unless, unless Gronk came with him, but you got Kittle. Like, why? You got Kittle, you don't need Like, so maybe if, if Raiders, just because they're known for this kind of stuff, but even anybody else,
0: I don't know, man. Like, ask yourself this question. If you you just simply add him to the Raiders, by the way, who have no cap space, and it's going to be worse once they trade their car because of the dead cap money. What is just adding Tom Brady to the Raiders, make them a, a Super Bowl team. No. So if you're the Oakland, if you're, if you're the Las Vegas Raiders, do you want to get Tom Brady and then draft a, a quarterback in the second round? Or do you want to draft a quarterback in the second round and see what you got with him? Cause this idea that Tom Brady can play forever, that that that's clearly not the case. I think for me, there's only one place this guy can go and that's back to new England. Because Matt Jones yeah. hates everybody. He utterly hates everybody in, in the organization. He, no help. No one's listening. He's apparently calling around other teams for help on what to do with his offense. And Bill Belichick found out about this and took him out and put Billy Zappi in. Yeah. Thanks for the way, by the way, for putting Billy Zappi in. Chicago Bears won their third game of the year because Billy Zappi was the quarterback. So <laughs> I, as, as, as I watch this work play out, at some point, Tom Brady's got to realize the best thing for him is structure. The best thing for him is less control, because yeah. he had the most success in Tampa when Bruce Arians was the 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 jerk when they were butting heads when he butted heads with Belichick and when he butted heads with Arians. That was the most successful he's ever been. That's that's the best Tom Brady has ever been because Tom Brady needs structure. I don't. The think- more you give him. The worse he is. I don't think uh, New England is is, is going to be – I don't think he's going back to Belichick in New
1: England. But I do like the idea and where you're going with this, and I mentioned this earlier in the season, Tennessee, the AFC South. This week. Yes. If Rabel's yes. an ex-teammate, a very good coach. Mm-hmm. They've got a, one of the great running backs of our era back there. They've got a good offensive line. They've got a good defensive line. What have they lacked? in the last handful of years of being the, the next year is really the quarterback. quarterback now he is 46, but well, let me ask
0: you a question. Let me ask you a question. You think Tom Brady, Tom Brady wants to throw 65 times. You think John Brady's ready to turn around and hand off 40 times a game? I don't think so. Well, I don't think know, Tom Brady's ready to play throwing 20 times a game. Throwing 60 times ain't working anymore. And, you know, throwing 60 I times agree.
1: in a division with Mahomes and Andy Reid and and Justin Herbert and the talent that the, the, the Chargers have, like, you know, uh, going to the AFC South against Indy and Houston and uh, Jacksonville. I obviously they had a good year, but like you sit there and you go, would I rather take my chances and you know be? He's forty six. At some point, if you want to keep playing, you got you got to accept reality. And boy, if he yes. could, if he could get Gronk over there with him to Tennessee, then he could throw the no, ball. He could throw the ball forty two to forty five times still. And and Mike
0: Grable ain't letting nobody throw the well, ball if, fifty times.
1: I'm just saying.
0: Need- I hear you. I hear what you're saying, but I, d- I, like, I like Tennessee. The problem is so does Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So now you're going to find you go yourself house, in a yeah. situation. Do I trade for Aaron Rodgers or do I just sign Tom Brady? I'm going to get three years out of Aaron Rodgers. I, right. might, I might get a solid year out of Brady. Maybe. Right. Maybe. Because, again, the last thing people see is the first impression in the NFL. And if the last thing you saw was Tom Brady like that last night, And then the last thing you saw was Aaron Rodgers like that in Green Bay. If I'm picking the two, I'm picking Aaron Rodgers. But we got more to pick from when we come back. We've got, again, Steve Kerr saying something crazy about Steph Curry and Michael Jordan. Do they compare? Find out on Brown and Lawhead when we come back. Brown and Lawhead here back again after the commercial break on the Mightier 1090 ESPN in the Southern California mega market doing the Browner and Lawhead show. If you guys just tuned in, you missed us going over last night's game that we have filed under the the, the category of fool's gold in so many ways. We didn't even talk about the kicker missing 85 times on extra points. That's how much (laughs) content we had in the first segment of the show. So, yeah, Uh, I'm John Browner. Again, that's Jason Lawhead. We're part of the Great Friends Podcast Network. For everything you may have missed on the show, you can head over to the iTunes podcast store and the YouTube page as well. Like, share, and subscribe to Brown and Lawhead Podcast. We uh, had... (laughs) let's talk about that for a second no 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 i want to talk about something else and then we'll and then we'll talk about this guy missing all these kicks you know one thing i made fun of a whole lot jason now i'm like you know what i want to do that baseball fantasy camp i saw the padres doing their fantasy camp out in uh pure arizona or nacea arizona wherever the hell it is and i'm like you know how come they never invite me to that i'm in the media I, I, I talk a lot. I'm on y'all's side. Why y'all invite me to fantasy camp, Padres? Then, I re, then I'll then remind myself, I made fun of fantasy camp, like, for three years. There. <laughs> I, I, that's why they didn't invite me. But now I see it and it looks cool. Mostly, I just want my name on the back of a jersey so I can hang it up back here. So, Padres, do one or the other. Either get me a jersey with my name on the back so I can hang it up here, or invite me to fantasy camp and give me one there. Either way, that's all I want.
1: Yeah, I I, 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 I kind of years ago thought I thought a fantasy camp would be kind of cool, especially as you get because you're getting older. See, Browner, you're 40 now. So you're thinking no, these things aren't the dumbest things in the world. Now, when you're younger, you're like, what? Are you? yeah. But now as I got a little, I'd be like, man, that would be awesome to go. Um, you know and hang out with some older legends and some stuff and get into the cage and be able to hit against a guy and yeah get your own jersey and uh I mean now it's a, I wouldn't want a guardians jersey but um uh, <laughs> so but if you go to but if you go to Padres fantasy camp try to get a plus one and I'll come with you
0: done the show will go yeah. hey uh also Small baseball note. We're going to give you guys a small baseball note. We're not going to talk about this. I'm just going to say this, and then we're going to talk about this, this kid not being able to kick for his life, apparently. <sighs> apparently, there are a lot of reports. I'm seeing a lot of reports about the Padres having uh, money come off their books because they're going to go for Otani. This, I'm going to throw this little nugget out there. This is bad for Manny Machado. This is bad for Manny Machado. And I'm just going to say that. I'm just going to say that. I don't know if they'll win the bidding war, but if you get in the bidding war for Otani, that means you are obviously have plans for Manny Machado going elsewhere. And I don't like the sound of that. I don't like that noise. But, you know, we, whatever. We'll, we'll see if more develops. You're going to have way. to
1: monitor that situation. Um, yeah.
0: We've got to monitor that definitely.
1: Because you can always, you know, I mean, he does take up an arm in the staff. So that could, you could, you know, look at it that way. But we'll monitor that situation.
0: We'll monitor that thing. Uh, so Brett Maher, this guy. Uh, I felt bad for him at one point, but then again, I didn't, cause you got one job, man. That's it, you got one job. I didn't like them showing all the cowboy players looking up and going, "This fool, Mister Gear, slamming what is their he helmets doing? down." Yeah, cause I gotta tell you, Dak Prescott, when you were damn near leading the league in interceptions, I ain't never see the kicker once throw his helmet down. When C.D. Lamb was dropping balls, I never once saw the kicker throw his helmet down. Or or stump his feet because y'all were out there not performing. Or so when or this, when you I, take a sack to get out of field goal range and then have to correct. punt. Does the kicker throw seen, his helmet around? Right. But, correct. So you fumble in the red zone. He doesn't get an opportunity to put three on the board. Right. I've never seen this guy I don't see have that. a meltdown because you guys are doing something wrong. I I thought the and you need this guy right? The, like you need
1: to support this guy now in a blowout game because guess what? Field goals. And extra points are going to be so valuable in San Francisco. Every time you get in there, if you can't get seven, you better you get three. It. You better because you know those are the. That's the type of team. Yeah, they're good offensively right now, but that's the type of team that wants to get you get come away with nothing because if they don't have to score thirty five or forty to beat you, they don't want to. They will. It's not like the Bills where it's like, man, you know, the field goals ain't gonna, only going to help you for a little while. You got to start some more touchdowns. No, you need every point you can get. So now this guy's got a, a short week of highlights of his quarterback, his captain, his leaders, throwing <laughs> helmets around, effing this and effing that about going for two when you're really going to need this guy. Because guess what? Gallup, uh, th- these guys ain't going to be as open.
0: <laughs> also, Jerry Jones, no better. Oh, Jerry Jones, no that. better sitting up there in the box, just looking utterly disgusted by this guy. Was that tweet <laughs> real or was that kick-out. made up? Nah, man. Somebody it, it, you it,
1: just it, stayed Somebody okay, because I kind of saw it going around, and I'm like, I didn't think so, it was real, but
0: the the tweet he's talking about was uh, a a faux Jerry Jones account basically said if you if you can kick a football if you're a good if you're a kicker Anybody and you're in the, the stadium, stadium yeah. come down to the tunnel we got a jersey for you yeah but at the rate he was going i mean that was funny and jerry jones going. you never know like, right there going, but the uh, but the but the but the players man the players reaction to that just just tells you how they view the kicker man it just tells you how little they value the kicker because this guy is missing left and right and I'm not talking about baby misses. I'm talking about real misses. And the the just disdain for his lack of performance just shows you what they think of him. And I didn't like that at all. But I also didn't like him missing that many kicks. Suck it up, big boy. Make the kick, and he did. He made the fifth kick, but going one for five. And he made Ain't good as a goal, kicker. But yeah, he He, made he went right,
1: ball. right, yank, left, right.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh, 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 overcompensate. Uh, go back to out. the other. Go oh, back. Yeah, again. go miss on the other side. Yeah. Wow. So, in, adi- in addition to that, uh, more football news is what we were intended to talk about. The Chargers firing their offensive coordinator and their quarterbacks coach. And I got to tell you right now, if I am a quarterbacks coach or if I am an offensive coordinator, I will crawl to Los Angeles for that job because you know why. You can snake them out of the head coaching job. If you you become the offensive coordinator on this team and you find a way to put up 35 points a game, not only will you become the hottest head coaching candidate on the face of this earth, you will also be able to head coach that team. Because I can't think of any any position, any head coach right now with a headset that has the least amount of influence and the least amount of power in an organization than Staley. I just think he has no power. I don't think the players believe in him. I think the players let the players vouch for him because they get to do what they want. If Justin Herbert gets a quarterback, a quarterback's coach, or a offensive coordinator that helps them put 28 to 35 points a week on the board. Oh, you're going to be the head coach. You're going to be the head coach. I would love that job. I would love that job.
1: Well, and when you look at every team that's that survived and is moving on to the second round, these are all the exception of one. These are all either no, I think they're all offensive coordinators.
0: No, Buffalo. Buffalo. Ah, uh,
1: right, 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 right. Oh, well, he almost got beat by an offensive guy with, correct, with a third correct. string quarterback. Um that, some, that's some, it, 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 that that's what it was. Some stripper that's what it was this guy. Yeah, the stripper. It, with the stripper grant was hilarious. Um, but yeah, and you look at everybody else, and they're either, you know, either former uh OCs or and or they're still calling the plays, play calling OCs, head coaches. So you're right. I mean, that's a job where you could come in, um, you know, what, what, what an easy guy to work with too, right? You got Herbert already there having the the three best years in the history of, uh, of any quarterback that started as a rookie in his first three years, when you you compare him to Marino and and Manning, Um, his numbers are better. I know the game's a little different, but the numbers are still there and better. So yeah, I mean, you're sitting there as a you know, uh, possibly a interim head coach halfway through the year and finishing and going into the next year. If and and if Herbert likes you and he's the guy that he want you, he wants to continue to work with. Um, you know, this definitely puts Staley in the crosshairs on who they hire and who comes in and what kind of job he does compared to what kind of job Staley oh, yes. does getting the rest of the team ready. Um, because uh, obviously, the defensive collapse. And the the sure. and the, the 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 you know adjustments that were made and, lack of
0: direction on offense yeah
1: and then the lack of direction at, on offense as the defense collapsed in the second half the offense couldn't take advantage of what the defense gave them early I mean they did in the sense that they turned them into points great field position but they weren't able to get out and be their own offense in the second half you know they had to rely on everything mm-hmm. that the defense gave them in the first half so. Staley, uh, he's gonna survive this job, but you know, for the time being. But yeah, this is a big hire in that sense. That's a great point.
0: Sometimes surviving is the worst thing that oh, can man. happen to you. And I think for him in this particular situation, I think he's in a no man's land because that team's not gonna be better next year. Again, unless the offensive coordinator comes in and lights the room up, which then puts him in another position to where he goes. He's looking over his shoulder at this guy becoming either the head coach or bouncing. He's so, kind of like second-year uh, Jace Tingler right now. Yes, exact. Great example. Great example. Um, LeBron James is now the youngest person to ever reach 38,000 points in the NBA. He is on his way to eclipsing Kareem as the greatest, uh, the most points all time. There was something said about Steph Curry by Steve Kerr saying that Steph Curry is MJ-like. With his effect when they travel from or from from gym to gym. It's Cause this led this started off because the Golden State Warriors are in Washington. They were playing uh the the Wizards last night, another terrible name for a team. They were playing the Wizards last night. And they went on they went to the White House. And one of the things that they asked Steve Kerr was the reception that Steph Curry gets everywhere he goes. And he replied he responded by saying he's very MJ-like in that way. And because the internet exists, they didn't hear the whole quote. They wouldn't say he's MJ-like, he's like Jordan in that way. And everybody flipped out, which got me to thinking, actually, it's not that inaccurate. It's not that inaccurate. I like LeBron James. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of the, the antics that he's done within the basketball fear, but as a man, I'm a huge fan. As a leader in his community, I'm a huge fan as a, as an example, as a black father, I'm a huge fan, the player, not so much, But, but businessman also a fan. But when we're talking about strictly basketball, Steph Curry has had a larger impact on the game of basketball than LeBron James had. And people who want to argue that I will meet you anywhere, anytime to tell you why I believe that. And I'm going to give you some of it now. Look at high school basketball. Look at college basketball. Look at the NBA. What does everybody do to nauseam now? Shoot threes. LeBron didn't do that. LeBron didn't change the way that people start playing basketball. Steph Curry did. His impact on the game of basketball has reverberated so deep within the game. You cannot go to a single basketball game anywhere without The three being far more important than it has ever been in the history of basketball. And that came from Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors dynasty. Now, again, LeBron James is great, but there ain't a lot of 6'8", 6'9", 240-pound, 250-pound guys out there doing what he can do. Steph Curry is 6'4", 190. There's a whole lot of dudes walking around at that. So to me, I think Steph Curry's impact on the game has absolutely outweighed LeBron James's.
1: Yeah, you're right. There's a different way, you know, there's a different way to look at that. Right. And I don't disagree. I don't disagree. LeBron is more magic like in the sense that we expected this great things from him right, right away in the NBA from what we saw. I mean, magic did two years in college back in the day, but you know, he beat bird in the finals. He was already a, a, a sports illustrated college cover kid um Mm -hmm. and oversized the normal basketball player couldn't relate to a six eight point guard with that kind of size that could do all those kind of things and even when lebron coming out his size his ability like you 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 can't relate to that there's very few guys that have that god-given just statue-esque type of you know body and oversized at their position and, and bigger than everybody else at their age. Whereas Jordan, even though he was a great college player and everybody was waiting for him to come to the NBA, he was still the third pick. Uh, it was a big man's game. He was an undersized kind of a guy that had to, um, you know, and obviously he was air Jordan, right? He changed the game. He kind of took, he kind of took yes. what Dr. J was handing over to him and even, created more of of an above the rim around the rim game but a complete game as well they, where so many other guys mm-hmm. were just that you know they were just so many other uh, Dr. J knockoffs, the Daryl Griffins the David they, they didn't have the complete game mm-hmm. that Jordan went and and made himself have and worked his way to get, which Steph also did. Yes, Steph brought in that three-point shot that everybody's doing now, and even the three-pointer on the break. I mean, that's like the go for it on fourth and five now, which everybody does. Correct. I mean, people are pulling up from 28 on the break. That was unheard of. You, you'd literally get killed back in the day for that.
0: you get subbed get out. Sub, they would sub Even you out. if you were an all-star, you'd get subbed out for, for stuff like that. you get subbed out because someone would look at you and go, are you in timeout? Yeah what's wrong with you? now a fifth starter can do it the guy that's the fifth leading scorer in the lineup
1: as long as he's a spread out six six in between her he's allowed to do that on the break it's insane so but but yeah and steph was more relatable in the size, and he had to work on the rest of his complete game to be an actual NBA star. He couldn't just rely on the 40-footer that was like, well, you know, he had to be a great ball handler, a great passer. He had to learn how to go to the hole, get contact, take it, still finish, be able to, you know, improve his defense shortly over time. Like all the little things that Jordan kept improving, the little things he needed to improve over time. Not to say that LeBron didn't do this and Magic didn't do this, but yeah, I don't. I I I kind of agree with Kerr, a- and it's not out of bounds for Kerr to say that he was right along next to Michael for years as a teammate. Mm-hmm. He saw it firsthand. This isn't just some saying because he wants to say it to bolster up his player. I mean, he was there. He's been in in, in both sides of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, um, Steph's grown on me as a as a player, uh, and um, there's no doubt what he did. To kind of change so much of basketball is more than what LeBron did to change it. People just were in awe of what LeBron could do for the fact that that's right. how he people was born were, to
0: do it. <laughs> people were in awe of LeBron because of his sheer physical stature. Yeah. Period. You know, They were in awe of him.
1: If anything, he did more like kind of like what Chamberlain did. Like, Chamberlain was just like, what? What is this? The physical because specimen it, right
0: why is this human how moving can like this, this happen right lebron was like jim brown and like, it's almost like i hope he can like
1: score this. all these points i mean he's that big and then right. he can do all these things and I but i mean my jaw is still dropped watching it but yeah you're right it's it's a jim brown type of dominance
0: and then you look at steph curry a guy who i think people forget because everybody swears they're a huge – they're Warrior fans, right? Yeah, bandwagon. People forget. People forget. They almost traded him for Monte Ellis. Ain't that something. Like, Monte Ellis well, – they didn't start Steph Curry because they had Monte Ellis on the roster. Oh. If you don't know that name, then don't consider yourself a Warriors fan. Right. I mean, I don't – I'm a basketball fan. I'm not a Warriors fan per se. But there <laughs> there was a time, and on the timeline, where Ellis the trajectory – can fill up the stat sheet. Monte Ellis was a head of Steph Curry. Steph Curry wasn't playing because of Monte Ellis and they rolled the dice and Joe Lacob got booed out of the building after he traded Monte Ellis. So Steph Curry could play more. So who's laughing now? Who's being booed now? The idea that the image of Steph Curry, the small. I mean, Monte uh, Ellis averaged 25
1: a game, two years in a row before they
0: cut him loose. For stuff And, correct. And looking at it then and out, they had to see what, what he's turned into. So, that's why I always give the or, the Warriors organization credit for finding that, seeing that. Because, mm-hmm. again, coming out of college, Johnny Flynn got taken before him. Ain't that something? Johnny. Ricky Rubio got taken before him. Like, imagine if you had the foresight. And it wasn't like Steph Curry came out of nowhere. Steph Curry was a national phenomenon at Davidson. Doing this stuff, the stuff he's doing right now, he was doing these things at Davidson. So it wasn't a secret, but he still was taken after Johnny Flynn. Go look him up. Where he at? Working at a, a grocery right. store somewhere now. Yeah. No offense to grocery store workers. But I, I, for, for what Steph Curry has turned his career into – I think that is also more valuable. The story is better. The story is more um, uh, American. A, a small guy beat the odds. Now his daddy played in the NBA, but but know, his dad whatever. wasn't an NBA great. You know he was right. And know. when and when this kid started off, neither was he. He wasn't recruited heavily. Ended up going to Davidson. He was again looked upon, looked down upon in the draft. Multiple guys taken before him. His younger brother was Got a more sought the,
1: after high school uh Correct. I mean,
0: he went to Duke. Correct. And then to the turn and then to the get to Golden State and have a guy like Monte Ellis basically uh, uh overshadow you. Like at every step, he's had to work to get what he has. And so the story of Steph Curry, it 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 just works better. It works better. I, again, what Le- Le- LeBron's doing is amazing. These are both very good men. These are great role models. Mm -hmm. These are great ambassadors for the NBA. Right. Great family men. They're great. But if we're talking about basketball only, Steph Curry has had a larger impact on the game, so I. And another thing that, that differentiates
1: him is people see this, even if it's subconsciously, and and LeBron made it very consciously with his his efforts to do so. Shocker is that he stayed with the same team. And he's and he's grown yep. with that same team, and he's grown in. Whereas LeBron has has bounced on the lily pads, you know, and people see that, and that takes a little way from your legacy. It takes a little bit away mm-hmm. from those things that people, you know, you know, want to put you on a pedestal for. So that is another big thing, you know. He's he's a he's a city legend, and,
0: and on the way out, on the way out, he may end his career with more titles than LeBron. You guys could talk about this. Let us know. We'll talk to you. We'll be back tomorrow. Brown and Lawhead, Miter, ten ninety, ESPN. Peace. Peace.